We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Uh. All right, Colin Barstool backstage, and on the guest list today. We have one of the biggest rappers in the world, a YouTuber. He just dropped his new single, Ice Spice. One of the most influential young dudes in the game today. We have NLE Chopper on the podcast. NLE, how we doing today, buddy? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, bro. And I was just going to start out by saying, like, I've watched a lot of your interviews. And some of them get real serious, and then other ones get kind of weird. This is going to be like a midway thing. We're going to get weird. <laughs> we're going to get serious. We're going to talk about a lot of shit today. Is that all right? Oh, uh, yeah. That's cool. That's cool with me. All right, man. First off, Ice Spice. New single, outstanding. How's everything been for you recently with music? Uh, it's been, it's been, it's been a quite, it's been quite a journey. Um, I'm saying a lot of things start to elevate musically for me, and um, I mean it's kind of been elevated, but it's starting to get even more elevated. I feel like when I first hit the scene, if that makes sense. So um, it's just been treating me well. You know? I, I think the craziest thing is because like I did, I'm doing my research, right? I'm looking through everything and I feel like I've known you forever. I feel like you've been on the scene for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. So I did some math here. On Spotify, you have three albums, 11 million monthly Spotify listeners. You got 67 singles on Spotify, more on YouTube, and you're 20 years old. Do you realize how fucking outlandish that is? <laughs> Man, it would be more outlandish if you seen like how much music I record and how much music I'm sitting on. So I was just in I was just in the um in the studio last night and um we just we just wrote down three projects, like three albums just for next year. And then I still have so many songs left to to still do at least five or six more albums. You're gonna like, have to start seven yeah. side projects. Yeah, like <laughs> It's so much music, man. I'm a studio junkie, but um, I feel like it's all gonna be well, well. Um, I think I'm really gonna reap what I've been sowing this can year. I, so. Can I ask you uh, kind of a lame artist question? If you're making so much music, do you find that when you go back to your music later, that it usually stands the test of your time, or that some stuff you're like, mm, that could have been better, or some stuff's like, yo, this is still good right now. Kind of man, thing. it's it's like I'm making timeless music, yeah. and it's um, it's like, it's like it's aging so well. I got some, I got one song that I'm that I'm putting on my own project. It's like three years old, wow. but it's so advanced. Um, I'm a person that's really ahead of my time, so a lot of my music, I tell my future before I even get there because I think when I record music, I love it so much. I record it as my higher self. So I don't even record as my present moment being. So once I get to the music, I be like, why the fuck I just make this song? And why do I feel like it's a story about my life that I haven't went through yet? And then I go through it and it'll make sense. It's like profit. It's like some real profit. You're shit, in the so. studio and you're like, guys, this is going to be so good about a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> do you like, realize what a bar that just was, though? I'm so ahead of my time. I tell my future. Like you literally just wrote a bar like mid podcast. This is incredible. no, 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 for real. It's but it's like the most truthful thing. And I realized that when I was sitting down, I listened to some of my music. Like for say, for instance, um, I don't like to bring people up, but Kanye West with Gold Digger, like that man was really ahead of his time mm -hmm. on that song because I feel like he's dealing probably with the same situations now, if that makes sense. Dude. But like it's certain songs I've made, and I just. Not, I haven't even dropped them yet, some of them, but I really just told what my life was going to be. What a perfect example, because Kanye, of all the people, is the guy who anytime a record comes out, at first, I'm like, 
I'm not sure. And then about mm. six months later, you're like, is this the best thing I've ever heard in my life? <laughs> yeah. You know, like it takes time to understand what the, what the you know, point was. Yeah. Dude, with how deep we've already gotten, I do have kind of a deep question to start this off, like conversationally, but like you seem to be someone who at such a young age is already like changing so much and you're constantly evolving as a human being and you show it mm. on YouTube, you show it on your socials and everything like that. But my question is like, as an artist, what is your purpose? Like, what is your purpose with your music for your listeners? Because I feel like there's a deeper purpose. I feel like every artist that has a following has a purpose. And it's up to them to find out what it is. Um, mine is simply, I feel, to help, heal, inspire, and motivate. So whichever fall in the categories of those is what I'm willing to do. So with helping, healing, inspiring, and motivate, I can go out of those four things I can do things as far as inspire people to eat a healthy lifestyle or inspire people to meditate or go to schools and help kids this this feeling, this create reading challenges, or go wake up one day and give back. Like you you're in this position to, you know what I'm saying, give back the blessings God has showed you. And also live as a testimony because I feel like once you figure out what internally you have to fight and accomplish. That's your purpose, because once you've beat that type of trauma or beat that type of thing that you're going through, it's up to you to be the testimony to show how you did it for other people that's going through it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some people out there that's stuck and like don't know how to get out of this phase or this cycle of depression or anxiety or STDs, whatever it is. People don't know how to fight and get it off and elevate to a better human. Um, I just feel like it's people like me that's supposed to show how to get, you know what I'm saying, to the hill. Man, are you, are you sure you're only 20 years old? That's what right? I was just about to ask. <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy like, what the the, that's like, the content of the character of artists today, not all of them, a lot of them are still pieces of shit, but like, you know, yourself and a lot of other people <laughs> that, well, I mean, you know, it's just interesting. You look back 20 years and you look back today and what you're saying versus what they were saying 20 years ago, the talent is still there. There's always going to be talented generations, but to even openly speak about how normalized it should be things like, you know, depression and uh, pressure and all that kind of stuff. It's incredible to hear. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that was one of the things that like Colin was doing my research on you and 20, 30 years ago, you'd see great artists and they were almost limited to just making music. And because mm -hmm. there's so much pressure now to be on YouTube, on TikTok, everywhere, a lot of people are just doing it, but they haven't got anything to say on most of those platforms. But as I was digging through uh, your YouTube channel, like there's an entire different side that isn't there with a lot of other yeah. artists in terms of like the vegan food stuff. The I went way back and saw that you were doing some farming. So it's like you're connecting with people across all kinds of dimensions that wouldn't necessarily come to you if it was just for the music or just for the uh, vegan food thing or the gardening. So that's really cool to see uh, diversity and something you know we all of us are sure try as artists to do. No, for sure, I appreciate that. And that was Where that was hefty, bro. Chapa, where did this, uh, where did, were you inspired to, you know, I mean, this is like deep, deep stuff. Again, like, I can't believe you're only 20 years old. Very, very um, wise. Like, what inspired you to kind of turn things around and, you know, go down this path? I'm going to be honest, what inspired me was myself, you know, it's one of them things um, that you have to. I feel like nobody is going to change with other people telling them, you need to change. It's up to you to realize it 
um, and go along that journey to to change. And um, I realized that once I was at my worst, and um, I know I couldn't get no worse than where I was at. And I was on the I was on the verge. I felt like life was just better without me. So if you get to that point, I feel like okay, that's the wake up call. Like, like you're saying stupid shit. Like, what you mean? It's people that love you out here. You know, it's people that want to see you smile. They want to see you win, but you're so in the funk that you don't even realize it. So, um, man, the power of prayer. And then after prayer, it was meditation. And then after meditation, it was changing my diet. After my diet, it was changing the people I hung around. After that, it was cutting drugs out of my life. So it it, it started with just basic sense of hope and faith and just kept kept it going with the new things God was showing me. Okay, you trusted me again now. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And I kept all of it as one and I still do it all. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. This is fucking incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. And, yo, and there's there you continue to evolve as a person and you continue to it seems like you're constantly challenging yourself. This is yeah. one of those questions I wanted to get into because I just saw the interview you did yesterday. I forget what magazine it was, but you were talking about something that Kevin Gates talks about. And I want to get into it, see if it's cool. You've been talking yeah. about semen retention. And this yeah, is something yeah, I was yeah. talking to Congress about earlier. <laughs> Why? How? We call it what? we call it semen detention. Yeah, but <laughs> Yo, well, you got any semen retention music, guys? What kind of fridge do you have? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So- no, no, but but seriously, what? I mean, to be serious, I mean, it is like I've I've come across the idea more and more now, and I've got a good friend who did it for years, um, and he it was a, ta- a Taoist practice that he did that he got the idea from. But what are the benefits or what is the what is the ultimate purpose? That you- so first and foremost, I'm going to start this right now to the man and woman is no better feeling that we know of than um, either orgasm from a woman or even ejaculation from a male. I feel like we can all agree to that as far as like when it comes to lustful feeling. Um, I feel like that's the best we feel and it. And, and and so if you take something that feels the best to us and contain containment and control it, I feel you can control anything in your life. Um, first and foremost, your semen is a life force. Um, just imagine how much powerful you are keeping it in with it being you can create a whole nother life with it. So what happens is with semen retention. You're about to, you're about to, of course, you're about to, you're about to, um, what's the proper way to say it? Without <laughs> There's no wrong way to say it. I know where you're going here. You Bl- say blow a huge it. load. <laughs> you're about to, you're about to climax, right? And it's kind of like, as soon as you climax, you kind of stop it and bring it back to the bladder. And once it brings it back to the bladder, it sits for a while and then it goes throughout the bloodstream and it's called looping looping your semen and it goes throughout the body. Your semen is a life force within within the process. You know, it's life. So it can target certain things like diseases. It can target things like strengthening the immunity. Um, not even from a health aspect, it targets self-control, which is needed in the lifestyle we live. We need discipline because you can pull your net back. You can control anything. That's like, that's the best feeling to a lot of people. So um, self-control, 
energy levels are crazy. My creativity is crazy because the same place that your your semen comes from is the same place where we get our willpower and our creativity from. So that's why when people nut, they're tired. But that's why the same sense, that's willpower. And then that's why when you nut, you can create a life. That's where your creativity comes from. So with that same energy, I could I can I can build up a whole I can write out a skyscraper and get it built or something. You know, you know, it's creativity. Damn, see, that's amazing. That that's a it's funny, I've never looked at it like that. To me, it was always just getting the poison out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well in, your, in your case, that might be true, Kenny. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Nothing would make me happier than if Kenny did no long he no longer noted. That would make the Yo, world I a better have place twin for you. babies. I don't need I don't need it no more. <laughs> but no, dude, self-discipline is so important to artists. And we talk about what we can do for artists like on this podcast a lot. This is what the point of this thing is. Like since you've been cutting things out of your life and since you've been changing, have you seen the art elevate? Man, I became the best musician I've ever been. Um, it was a point to where in my life, in my in my life, I I relied on drugs or whatnot to create my creativity. So I will go into making songs not knowing what I was gonna get out. So I was unprepared. I was freestyling, trying to hit another, hit, take another hit to see was the next bar gonna come to me, whatnot. But then when I got sober, I realized writing my songs before I went to the studio was best preparation. Because if I write it and I'm on a sober mind, it gives me enough time to keep thinking and keep you know what I'm saying? Put my brain to use. And once I get to the studio, I'm prepared to do it. And I can, I probably written five songs and I can make five songs a night versus going in there hoping I get one hit. And after I leave the studio, now when I leave the studio, I leave the studio with a hit every time. Like if it's not the diamond hit, it's a hit for the group of people it resonates with. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So like if I make a song for this vibe, I know it will resonate good with women. Or if I make a song for this vibe for a global effect, it will resonate globally. I leave a song. I leave the studio with a song that has purpose every time. So how many Man, songs I'm do you have in the cut? Hold on, hold on. He just said he he just said he recorded three albums last night, and I'm glad I waited to ask this because that what you just said was awesome to hear. What is your process like these days when you are? you know, in the studio? Are you a guy that is constantly writing and banking stuff for when you go in the studio? Or are you, you know, when you're in the studio, you just throw it into a different gear? But how are you recording so much material and so much quality material when you do it? So, Seth, there's this, this last, my last recording trip was was two weeks long. And um, I recorded 30 songs. Jesus. So some of these songs, so what I do is, <laughs> <laughs> what I That's do crazy. is I've realized that music is my therapy. So once I go through certain things and once I feel a way, instead of just balling my feelings up and putting them in my pocket, I express how I feel on a beat. And I listen to the beat, I write exactly how I'm feeling. And it comes out so transparent to what I feel on the inside. So I'm like, okay. This is a song, and I write probably two songs based on how I feel off one situation. So I got two songs off that. Then the next day, I hear another beat, and I write another song. So these are all before my recording trips. 
So going into my recording trips, I had going into my recording trip, I probably had um, out of the 30 songs, I probably had 15 already written. So going into the recording trip, I linked with producers, I linked with artists, Rick Ross, I got songs with him, I got I linked with other producers, and I wrote 15 more within the process of the pressure of how quick can we write a song and get a hit and then go to the next one when you're in a room with a lot of people. So I did that and I came up with another 15 and it's 30 and it's like out of the whole 30 is like every song can go, like every song. Do you find that that having the pressure of the other people in the room is something that is really helpful? Can it be a hindrance sometimes? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful pressure because at first I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like as 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 a new artist, I wouldn't have been able to do it because I would have been in my mind like, "Am I taking too long? Am I taking too long?" Mm-hmm. And I realized there was an anxiety thing I had when I was first coming up, and I feel like it was it was very very fueled by by marijuana or whatever drug it's just like an anxiety thing of yo i think i'm taking too long i'm taking too long <laughs> but I'm paranoia type, yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i'm the type of person now even if i'm in a room with with like the drakes or like i was just in a room with timberland i did two songs with him so like yeah i did two songs with timberland and he had he had these crazy beats one beat he went in there and beatboxed on yo and um I was writing and I was like, I was like, yo, I'm gonna take my time. I don't give a fuck if Timberland gotta leave. Once he <laughs> come back to it tomorrow, he gonna hear the finished product and it's gonna be one of those things. But now I can write at such a fast pace that leaving wasn't even an option. I had to song grit quick, got in there quick, did it, you know? So, yeah. Dude, uh, being in the room with all these people though, like, are you kind of sharing your secrets of like the way that you're operating and the way that you're living your life to other artists as well? Because this is not commonplace in the industry. People aren't operating this way. Like, are you are you divulging this to other people as well? Yeah, for sure. Every room I'm in, and a lot of people know it. They um, they see me, <laughs> and they just. I was just talking about it last night in the studio. They'll see my water. Like, I'm the only one that'll come in with like this glass water and it'll probably be like a 16 ounce of glass, like Mountain Valley water. Or when I'm in LA, I get like this water called Erwan water. Oh, yeah. And they're like, and they'll look at me, they be like, what's that vegan water? I'm like, bro, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, water is water, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? So people always are intrigued. I guess they see what I what I say on social, even Tim, Timberland, he was like, yeah, I see you, nigga. I see what you say on social media. Like, and then Rick Ross, even when he saw me, he was like, yeah, I see it. So a lot of people already see it. And once they, once they say that to me, I know that they're already kind of intrigued. So I try to inform them more about the lifestyle I have, yeah. Well, I mean, one way that you've really been disseminating information too is the YouTube channel. It's Awaken Chopper. And this was something that was interesting to me because I've been seeing a lot of artists doing this now. To where YouTube for these young artists or artists that are looking to break in a different way are going to people like Kai and Speed and, and all these like Twitch and YouTube streamers. Was that a conscious decision for you to say like, this is my avenue? Maybe we don't worry about some of these other ways to break artists and shit like that. I'm going to utilize YouTube and these people that are creating things this way. Like, I feel like that might be the next wave of how people start to market their shit and break. Yeah. Um, without a doubt, that's the wave. I mean, I think the wave is like now. Um, I'm going to type person to fuck with who fuck with you. So um, it's it's been it's been a journey with just, with just trying to fuck with people that I'm trying to get them to see 
that I'm a good person, I'm musically talented and all. It's kind of hard to do amongst rappers because it's like a competition. So I never really vibed with a lot of artists because I couldn't, it was like, they, they'll see the potential, they'll see the talent, but it was, it's like, they're kind of scared to, to be around somebody that makes a pass. That makes sense. But now I fuck with people that's not even in the avenue of my job. And it's, and it's easier because it's like, they just want people to fuck with them as well. So it's like fucking with who fucks with me. And it's like, it's like more of a vibe too, bro. It's just, I just, I just find it like me. I just find it like me. I feel like I'm a content creator myself. Like I'm more than just a rapper. I find myself as just a, a multi-talented jack of all trade type of artist. So um, a lot of the things I do really resonates with me and I really enjoy myself doing it. It's like I found the group of people that I'm accepted by, if that makes sense. Instead of being amongst a lot of artists that's not kind of, you know, getting it, you know? Yeah, but that's also putting yourself in situations with like-minded individuals or people that are on the same wave as you. And I feel yeah. like so many people try and pigeonhole themselves into places they don't fit and you're doing the opposite. Like, mm. I just watched you eat Indian food on YouTube. <laughs> I also, I saw you, you went to Jeffrey Dahmer's museum or house or something. What was yeah. that like? What's crazy, like I said, back again to being before my time, yo, I did that before the documentary even came out. It was like two <laughs> months, two months before the documentary came out. And what's crazy is, I went to. You're talking about in Milwaukee, the at the the rave. Did you play the rave? Yeah, yeah, I went yeah. to the rave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I went downstairs in the rave and in the um, pool. Yeah, in the pool. I went through all of that. Then they told me right down the street was a hotel where one of his victims was. So we went there and we was all vlogging it. And then we made like a funny video acting like we was just <laughs> in his room and shit. And like you know, we made it positive, but we also informed people. And then it's crazy. Two months later, the documentary came out. It's actually a nice <laughs> hotel now. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I did. I did yoga in the room next to the. It was like two fourteen. I think was the room where he killed his first victim. We, our tour manager booked us into that hotel. I'm doing yoga in the morning in two sixteen until someone tells me afterwards. <laughs> so like, <laughs> my spidey sense for evil didn't work that day. Oh my god! Yeah, well, man, that, it was, it's crazy. I, I, I now that kind of leads me into this question. I told you we're going to ask some different questions, and you're a deeper dude, and I want your opinion on some things in the world. Or just some questions that I have. Uh, Ban, do you have any kind of like suspenseful music you can throw my way or something that'll <laughs> set the ambiance here? I need some questions to be answered. Yeah. All right, Chapa, here's my first question. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. Have you ever had a run-in with a ghost? Do you think you've ever yeah. been in a room with a ghost? Yeah, I've been in the presence of a ghost for sure. Was it in the Dahmer house? No, 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 it wasn't in the Dahmer house. <laughs> Can you give me an example of your interaction with ghosts? So I've had a crazy interaction with, um, I'm a spiritual being, so I face a lot of things that are spiritual to me. And it doesn't scare me because I feel like it's just simply like my spirit guys or like angels within me on the road. But what was crazy, I remember one dream and I tell it to my to my people all the time. And it's and it scared of shit out of anybody. That, it, it scared the shit out of y'all, man. <laughs> I was laying in my bed one night, right? And I, and I was dreaming. And my dreams are so vivid, it's like I'm there. I was like, I feel where I was at. I was in like Louisiana, New Orleans somewhere, right? Which is like, I feel like a voodoo type of capital. Ooh. Um. I was sitting in this place where 
it was a lot of people, let's just say, imagine like a farmer's market outside, but it's like a trade. So like, let's just say you got spices over here. You got food over here. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, a yeah. Market. But so I was sitting down on the ground. Um, it was a lady in front of me. And I'm watching a lot of people just pass by with their, looks like they're looking for certain goods or whatever. But the lady in front of me, I only saw the back of her head. And so when she turned around, she turned around in my dream, right? And as soon as she turned around, it was like this. Like, imagine this is the back of her head. And when she turned around, she turned around, she looked me in my face and she did this. And blew something in my face. And, and I kid you not, I woke up out of the dream like this, wiping my face. And as I wiped my face off, was a glowing individual in my room. What the fuck? I swear to God, it was a glowing, beautiful individual in my room, waving at me with a smile, and she disappeared faintly like three to four seconds later. Okay, so you've definitely been in the presence of ghosts before. No, no, for sure. Like, it was, like, if I knew if that was what I was going to see when I woke up, I would have woke up like this. (laughs) It was that vivid, and she was a beautiful lady. She seemed sweet. Then she didn't spook me. Then after that, I heard like noises from the, from my bathroom, and I said, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go back to sleep." <laughs> like, so, and the next Jesus. morning, I was, it was crazy, yo. It was crazy. My God, mm-hmm. dude, I've been what the few, fuck? I've, I've been through a few um journeys with just um, I feel like um spirits or just um beings because you got to think about it. Our eyes only see a certain percentage of life, you know. Um, Holy shit. People die in the physical form and still here in the spiritual. So, all right. I'm glad I asked that question because that's a great question. Great question. Good story. On that same realm, though, and I'm interested in this because I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan recently and they talk about this all the time. But uh, if you believe in ghosts, what is your view on aliens? My view on aliens? Um, It's for sure. I feel it's for sure people that's that's here that's from the edge. So, um, I for sure feel that way. Um, I think it's a lot of species of humans. I just look at certain people. I look at some people. Like I was looking at one lady in the airport, and I and I, I probably sound wrong, but I was looking at her. I was like, yo, I don't even think that she's fucking existing. I think that she's just, <laughs> you're like, yo, this is like, an alien. She's just she's definitely an alien. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, a, so true. Not even so an alien, true. like a computer. Like I was just looking at. Her, I'm like, yo, she was eating her food, but she was eating a burger. And she would eat the lettuce off the burger. Yeah, yeah. And then eat the lettuce and then eat the bread. I was like, yo, that's that real. Yo, like, same, same. I had an experience the other day where I saw a guy eating a bagel, a whole bagel, not cut in half, no cream cheese, no, just eating it like a sandwich. And I was like, this is not real. I don't know why it bugged me Dude, so why, much. Yeah, that is the weirdest. I've seen someone do that. I eating like, a bagel without cutting it is, is a dead giveaway. At, at the bagel. I was like, there's something that's a serial killer or an alien. <laughs> Jesus, but yeah, I do. That's I believe time, in man. aliens for sure. Um, I feel like sometimes, yo, I feel like um, I'm a damn alien. I feel right. like, I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, you're a time traveler, dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like um, my soul has for sure been recycled. I feel like I come from somewhere that um, that's home to a lot of people that's spark change. That's supposed to spark change. So um, I do feel, I feel I'm an extraterrestrial being. 
but I know I came out of my mother. I wouldn't say that I'm just going <laughs> upon myself. I know I came to my came out of my mom, but she might even extraterrestrial being like I just know I just know I'm one of I'm like one of those people that's that's like not the norm. One of those people that come every life. So yo, if my mom's an alien, that makes me half alien. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're at least <laughs> half alien, bro. So. <laughs> yo, speaking speaking of your mom, is she still managing you? Yeah, she's still man. Yo, she the one that just came up with my track list last night. What? And and my mom, she always the one like this. Not, I wouldn't say she doesn't like my music, but she loves the shit out of my music. But she's not really in tune, <laughs> in tune to like my unreleased music. And I always used to sit in the car when I play my music. I'm like, yo, my mama don't really depend on unreleased music. Sometimes, uh, certain times she does, like five percent. But it made sense last night because she really listened last night. And she was like, oh, this, this don't go in your app. Just do, just do. And she made a list that fucking made sense. You would be like, no. I'm like, don't make no list. This don't make sense. Yo, she made a list that needed to be made, bro. And I was Damn. like, it's a list I couldn't make because I'm like, I'm biased to this song. I've heard this one longer. I'm biased to this one. Or... She really was a person that didn't listen to a lot of my songs as much as I did and said, Bryson, this is it. This song is here. Bryson, this song is here. Like, how do you not, this song? And she came up with a 20 song list, bro. Mama knows best, man. Dude, but it is so important too to have somebody in your life that's kind of guiding you that isn't like, yes, everything's great. You need someone yeah. to be able to tell you like, dude, my wife is number one. My wife will look me dead in my eyes and be like, nah, it's not the best one you've done. <laughs> and sure. I'm like, right, yeah, that hurt. But like, yeah, you're probably right on that. Like, and so your mom is that person for you? Um, For sure. It's like what a lot of, one sec. Uh, I was gonna say, Colin, has your wife ever liked anything you've done? No, never. But, um, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> what was the question again? I was saying, like, your mom in this circumstance, not only is she your manager, but she's like not a yes man. She's willing to tell yeah. you that this isn't as good as you could possibly be. I feel like so many people in music, they get a little yeah. bit of success and then they surround themselves with people that are, everything is great, everything's perfect. You can't yeah. grow that way. Is your mom that person for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, she for sure lets me know, even when I don't want to hear it, even when she <laughs> may be wrong sometimes, or even when she's all the way right, it's still needed for somebody to challenge the creative and challenge you to let you know that, hey, you the shit, but don't think that you just the shit shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let other people judge you being the shit shit. Just be humble and always open to learning and um, always open to making it better and, Within that process, um, she pushes me to do it all the time. Rather, it's like from people in my circle, hey, I don't like this person. That person should probably go. You know what I'm saying? Or whether it's everyday life things I do. Like, I don't think you should do that. Just stick to the herbs. I think you're getting too far into the bullshit. Like, you know, it's certain things <laughs> she'll be like, you know, it's needed because I feel like I never get messed off that way because she's always like the person playing chess in life. Damn, that's, you can that's, be the shit. That doesn't mean you don't take shits. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. And dude, look, we've taken up a lot of your time. We're gonna let you go in a minute here. Uh, and I just was a little bit curious in one more thing because I feel like you're a very like varied person. Like you have a lot of interests. You do a lot of different things. 
as far as musical taste goes, like, is there anything that you listen to that people wouldn't expect you to listen to? Like, do you have like a guilty pleasure or like an artist that you love that people would be like, wait, Annalie likes that person? I mean, um, I feel like it's nothing, it's not nothing that's far reach, but um, I'm gonna be honest. So I'm a, my mama was born in Kingston, so I listen to a lot of Jamaican records because I'm a Jamaican, like Bob Marley. I feel like that's not far reach. But even more so to say, and I listen to a lot of Tupac. I resonate with Tupac a lot. Yeah. And then even deeper than that, sometimes I feel like I listen to songs like songs that that like Billie Eilish would create. I love that side of music. Um, she has a beautiful angelic voice. Um, this is another song. Sometimes I don't even know the artist. I just catch it on my Apple playlist. Like it's this song where it'd be like, just wait a minute. I don't oh, know the song, yeah. but yeah, like. Those type, I like to listen to music like that sometimes because um, it don't have me looking over my shoulder thinking I'm gonna get killed. Like, <laughs> like it has me, like, like it made me feel good sometimes. Like, I, I sometimes want to get away from the vibration of murder, 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 kill, 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 kill. Like it's, it's like some. I feel like that music is creating problems that sometimes I don't even have. Like you know what I'm saying, or yeah. that I've grown from. Like. I don't have, I, I, it's people that don't like me, but I wouldn't say it's people that's just like trying to kill me in my day-to-day life and feel like I've grown from that, and you know? So, but yeah, certain music brings balance. Mm-hmm. Man, Dude. so I did not expect to hear you're a Zed fan. That song's by Zed, which is, <laughs> which is hilarious. But I, I, I gotta be honest, I got introduced to you about three years ago, 2019. I mentor this kid, Trey, who's like, 14 now so he was 11 or 12 then and he's up on everything mm. up and coming hip-hop and he put me on to you and nba young boy before i ever heard of either of you guys mm. and i mean you're like the man to a lot of people a lot of kids um what if, if you had one thing you could say to those kids that really really look up to you you know time it's fucking tough out there right now man especially you know coming off of covid how crazy this world is what's something you would tell you know your young fans man i always say this um life is a journey amongst within that journey of life which you appreciate it good and the bad because once you embrace it go through it it's going to be one day where you overcome all those battles and you're going to realize the best part of life was the fight. (laughs) You know, the best part, the most memorable moments, the most, the most deepest moments, the moments you was down and you didn't know what what things going to get better. You know, once you get there, it's not a thing that you kind of, you for sure enjoy it, but what you, you gain along the journey is gratitude and gratefulness. And once you gain that, you will never go back to the state that you was in. So the journey is always the beautiful hurt. And um, I've been realizing, I've just like, I'm older, I'm still young, but it still took me a minute to realize I got it quick, but it still took a minute. Some people don't realize it until they're 40, 50. But I realize now the journey 
who I'm meeting along the way to get to the upper echelon, the things I'm going through to get to the upper echelon, all of these things are what I need to thank God every day for because it's what's creating my future every day. It's what's creating, okay, how much can he take? It's what's creating, okay, if I give him the world, will he be able to handle it? Because if he can't handle it now, how will he handle it when he gets there? So all of these things are questions from God before he give you all that you want. So embrace the journey, embrace the hurt, embrace the days that you don't know things are going to get better. Just also know, have faith. I feel like faith is seeing with the heart when the eyes don't see. So with me saying like, man, things are bad right now, but I know in the future it's going to get better. I know what God has in store for me because I know I'm worth it. And if you don't feel worth it, that means you're not putting the work in to feel worth it. So to wrap it up, man, with just saying that, it's a whole other part of it. And that's where the manifestation come in. Manifest and build your reality. Because the same way that God is the big G, you're the little God. God give, give you free will. God give you a part of him. You are the God of your life. The same way that God is the creator is the same way you can create your life. You are God of your life. So with that being said, you create your future, you set your goals out, you write down your manifestation, you visualize it, and then the last step, working your ass off to get there. And that's Yo, what I tell the kids. Let's give them a fucking round of applause, dude. God damn. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, that is how you end an interview. Holy shit. <laughs> Thank you. Dude, Chop, this has been like everything we could have asked for and more. You're Thank an amazing you. young dude. Um, you have how much music coming out? Like, when can we expect the next chop to drop? So I'm aiming at February. I'm sticking strongly on that day. Um, I read something like a few months ago that said February was going to be the best month for me or something. I didn't understand why. It's starting to make sense. I think <laughs> that's why I'm going to drop my project, Cottonwood, too. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, chop, your seat's always open. Whenever you want to come back. Please enlighten us. Fucking drop knowledge. Talk about ghosts and aliens. Fans, I don't care, man. man. We're big, this, big fans, this, man. Big yeah. fans over here. Really Everybody, nice to meet you, man. Go stream all Chops music. No, after you, bro. What were you gonna say? We need we need more people like you, man. Not just in the industry, but in the world in general. Keep uh, keep inspiring people. Gotcha. I appreciate you, man. I got you every day. <laughs> all right, NLE Chopper. Thank you so much, man. Have a good day. All right. You too, man. God Thanks bless, love, man. Y'all be blessed. Man.